hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. No better way to quiet your critics than to go to victory lane. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar series. And Alex of interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. No matter whether it's a street circuit, a road course, a super speedway, or a small oval, it's fantastic and there's more to come in 2022. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Hey, welcome to NBC Sports Audio. That's Channel 85 for your weekly stop if you are an IndyCar Nation member. It is Brick by Brick. And as always, I'm joined by my partner, uh, a brother from a different mother, TK, Tony Kanan. TK, you've been traveling all over the country. You're back in Indianapolis. I don't even want to hesitate, but I guess I have to. How did you do in Brazil in your outing in the stock car? Let's get the report. I finished fifth. And a boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a good day. It was a good day. Talk about a good day. How about rookie orientation at the Texas Motor Speedway where we get ready for the first oval race of 2022? And with the number of rookies that we've got, we're going to visit with one a little bit later. Kyle Kirkwood, who certainly set things on fire. But I couldn't believe what I read that Callum Illock was the first time he had, A, seen an oval track, and B, had ever driven an oval, even in simulation. Didn't get any simulator time. Man, that is an uphill struggle, is it not? Well, come on. I mean, I, I you're not going to get my sympathy on that. I mean, my first <laughs> was in a, in a champ car. Uh, it was in Fontana. A thousand horsepower in Fontana. My second flying lap was a, an average of 238 miles an hour. So, you know what? We didn't have simulators back then, but I don't want to sound like an old man bragging about or complaining. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Nowadays, with all the technology, it was it was unbelievable. I talked to some of the rookies after the test, and uh, it's funny to see when you don't have enough clue because you haven't had the experience how deceiving Texas can be. Because speaking to one of the rookies, I don't want to name names because you put people on the spot, but it's just, I was flat on my lap four. That's not a big deal. I said, well, yeah, by yourself, you mm-hmm. were going to add 30 cars there and you drop to the back and with five laps to go everybody's going you know the way it is your life's going to change but who am i to say something like you know i know nothing so we'll see but yeah i mean impressive field of rookies we talked about this jack i mean it's it's uh i can't wait to see i can't wait to see what's going to happen in texas and, and yet the learning curve will be predicated on some of the things that we deal with at texas all the time that of course coming your way in about a week you'll be able to hear it here on Sirius XM radio is the fact that is it rosin? Is it tire goop? Whatever you want to call it that they put in the upper grooves. We saw it bite a lot of cars the last time out when the Indy cars were there during the test. Did you get any sort of takeaway as to how important or what sort of impact that track grip is going to have on the performance of these Indy cars? You know what? I, I hate to say it, but obviously it's going to play out of the temperature. The race. Yeah. Is yeah. I don't know, but, but like they went to try to test a couple of days ago and it was 39 degrees and they had to cancel the test. So the guys that tested last week were fine. I still believe, unfortunately, with 
the whatever they put, I don't even remember the name of that product that they put it on the track a few years ago, PJ1, PJ1, yeah. yeah. But then there uh -huh. was some talk because they've altered it because that is heat activated that uh, they went to a rosin, uh, right. a, a resin based, and it was it remained to be seen what was going to be applied or what the residue was going to be uh, because they did use the, the resin in, uh, in the fall race there. I mean, I don't want to sound like, you know, negative or something, but I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm a little concerned that it's still going to be a little bit of a parade like it was in the past, not because of the car, but it will be track related. And then to be able to overcome the lack of grip on the second lane uh, regardless what we do, we had to change the cars so much. You had to give us so much downforce that I don't think it was going to be doable. So IndyCar chose, we do have a little bit of a different configuration that we have a, a bigger range of how much mm -hmm. you can add and people can choose that, which is great because some people can risk to choose less. Some people can risk to choose more. But if you're going to ask me, are, you, are we going to see it? Like, if you haven't watched it, go to 2015, the last 15 laps between oh, yeah, I remember that. and Graham. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see that kind of racing there. You talked about the cold weather forcing the cancellation tomorrow, Thursday, a number of teams led by team Penske's will power, Joseph Newgarden and uh, the first 2022 winner, Scott McLaughlin will be going to TMS to test along with Renus VK and Connor Daly, the two regular drivers for Ed Carpenter racing. I say regular drivers, because on his 33rd birthday at exactly 3.33, Ed Carpenter announced that he would be wheeling the number 33 in all of the oval races for 2022. You know what? When I heard and when we visited on content day with Ed, and he alluded to he was only going to run Indy. It just seemed like the end of an era. I don't know about you, but when we can have another, you know, gray beard that decides to, uh, twisted on the ovals along with got the likes of you good to have that come together for the only by the way owner driver in indycar competition ed carpenter no for sure i mean jack to call ed a, a gray beard and an old guy coming from me it will be you know we're 13 years i mean well, remember too he still has his hair but correct. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a great addition. When I talked to him in the beginning of the year, obviously they were trying to structure what people don't realize nowadays, actually, it's hard to get people to work on the mechanics. So a lot of these teams expanded and hire a bunch of people. So when you add a car, it's not just about having the money to add the car. It's actually the people that you're gonna have to work on the car. In in a team that is a two-car team like his, it was hard to get extra people to to come do that is extra cost. And uh, I think at the end of the day, talking to Ed, he was like, hey, we're going to do the 500. We have two solid programs. They're now finally are, you know, a multi-year deals. We can afford to hire extra people and promise them they can stay in the team and doing other things during the season. Because on a, on a third car like that, you hire temporary people. And some people don't want to do that. Now with the demanding of the job, mechanics will say, no, I prefer to take it a full time. And instead of a a one race event so or a five race deal so happy to see that obviously ed's going to be extremely strong in the ovals a little bit jealous because i was in the same program as ed for a couple of years and we we're enjoying it. i uh, i downgraded my program to one race i mean but uh yeah it's going to be great to see him there and one of his regular drivers connor daly i i would urge you in fact take a listen to uh some of uh, connor daly's 
comments when he visited with me this week on Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel. That was an 11th hour deal that came together. Connor was actually wondering where he was going to be able to pursue his racing career. But he and I discussed racing for just one team, ECR, full time, the sacrifices that he's made in his IndyCar career and the current competition. And he even touched upon the aero screen. Take a listen. When you're trying to go from, you know, one locker room to another, uh, you know, you don't you don't necessarily see LeBron James playing for the Lakers and then going to play for the Clippers the next day. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, it's it's a it's a very, very different, you know, scene and everyone likes to keep their information pretty close. So uh, it's just nice. Nice to finally focus on, you know, one group. And, uh, you know, we still have a lot to learn together ourselves as a team, you know, me and ECR and. Uh, you know, there are tracks like Toronto now this year that we haven't been to yet still as a mm -hmm. team. Last year, there were a couple of places that we just went to for the first time. And again, this year, there's going to be places that we're going to go to for the first time together. Texas, Iowa, Gateway, you know, stuff like that. So there's a lot of exciting things ahead for us, a lot of opportunities that are going to be new and, and, you know, hopefully quite successful for us. When you look at your career, has it been worth it? I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I love IndyCar racing. I think there's a lot of times where, I, I wish that things had gone differently or things I had done differently. But, uh, but I mean, I, I can't picture myself not in IndyCar racing and I, and I love this sport. You know, everyone has their, their own ways. They wish things would have worked out or things that you're very, very close to have happening and, you know, certain, certain doors opening and closing, but yeah, I mean, very happy to be here now. I, I, I think as a driver, you know, it's, it's an interesting era to be involved in IndyCar and obviously a very, very competitive one. Yeah, let's talk about that competitiveness. You know, it's not that many years ago when you first started pursuing your passion and your dream where it was a handful of drivers at the very top and the gap between them and the rest of the field, well, it was pretty steep. You can't say that anymore. Just look at the finish in the first race at St. Pete, and I see no reason why we should project 2022 to be anything less than uber competitive and more competitive than probably the most competitive season one year ago. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive to see. I, I think the only sad part about it right now is the fact that I think our cars, you know, in the era of like 2016 and 17 with the era, cause I think they raced really well. Um, and I think even 2019, the cars raced really well before the aero screen and, you know, obviously we're not allowed to say anything bad about the air screen and it's great. It's done a lot of great things and it's, it's uh, I, we have to give it the credit where it's due. It's very safe. That's great. We all like that. And that's important, but like right now it's definitely tougher to race with the cars. And I think everyone's working towards getting us the ability to, you know, go wheel to wheel a lot more often again with each other. And we, you know, obviously have to thank the people that are doing that. Because, yeah, right now it's like it's super competitive, but it, it's almost kind of come down to a lot about qualifying. You know, there's a couple of guys that strategize their way up there for mm -hmm. sure. And there's always a strategy side of IndyCar. But, uh, but yeah, qualifying is, is of maximum importance right now. And you don't see the guys going from P last to P first, you know what I mean, as much anymore. So um, I think it's, it's, it's a great era to be involved in IndyCar. I'm very excited for the new, you know, the new era as well, the new engine, new car, hopefully. You know, that would also be, I think, the, the, the next step that everyone's excited for. But we got 26 full-time cars, which is an incredible number, uh, incredibly competitive teams, and, you know, and a, and a great series to, you know, to be involved in. 
Well, TK, there's been other news as well, and it's been more, you know, the American Country Music Awards were on Monday night, uh, hosted by Dolly Parton. But if you're a country music fan, how about, A, the announcement of what High V is going to do in and around their uh, double down High V deals 250 at Iowa Speedway, and then, of course, the 300-miler. Are you ready? Florida-Georgia line, you've got... Uh, Blake Shelton, Gwen Stefani, who am I missing that are going to be part of the, oh, uh, the pre-race festivities for the Salute to Farmers 300 and that HyVDeals.com 250. This is something I think we're going to see more and more of is a combination like we saw in Nashville, where it isn't just about a racing event, but bringing in what I call A-list primo entertainment and making this more of a weekend celebration. Oh, for sure, Jack. I think it's great. High V, obviously, it's a new sponsor to Rayhow, and they're supporting IndyCar as well. And I think we see more and more. IndyCar is about the experience. We talked about it. We 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 always say it's an experience because we have the fastest cars in the world and and the big technology. But also, nowadays, you want to have the fans to have an experience. But you have the yeah. fans, four-year-olds to seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds to have the whole experience. And IndyCar is doing a great job making sure that things for everybody to do. You can come with your entire family. You can go to the paddock club. You can go to the fan uh, zone and have stuff for your kid. And then at the end of the day, you can bring your teenagers and whoever likes, you know, music and you can see a concert. So obviously Iowa has been great to us. The fan base there is huge. Oh, it's amazing. And look, before I get the email, the nasty email from three-time Grammy Award-winning superstar Tim McGraw, he'll be headlining that first concert of the weekend. Look, it's going to be great. And if that's not good enough for you in terms of country and entertainment, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway announcing that the country music superstar Dirk Bentley will headline the Firestone Legends Day concert on the Saturday before the uh, greatest spectacle in racing, the 106th Indianapolis 500, with special guest appearances by Ashley McBride and Dylan Carmichael. We're going all in, all country in 2022, are we not? Talking to the wrong guy. I've learned how to speak English. <laughs> listening to Garth Brooks. You guys know the story. So, I mean, I'm all for it. It should be country the entire time. I, I saved the best, or shall I say, um, well, it's your buddy making finally his debut on an oval. We're talking about old seven time Jimmy Johnson when they drop the green flag in Texas Motor Speedway. It will be exactly what Romain Grosjean went through one year ago at St. Louis. Jimmy Johnson will be making his oval debut. You have a pretty spirited in-depth conversations with old J.J., What's the input been thus far? I mean, everybody's excited, right? I think JJ, uh, he comes from an oval background. Yeah. Uh, extremely surprising to people when he said he was not doing ovals, but expectations are high, including on JJ. I, uh, you know, obviously we talk quite a bit. We debate what, what can happen, what cannot happen. I gave him a couple of pointers, but he already tested in Texas uh, last year. His first test in an oval was in Texas. He's going to have, obviously, uh, I think, a different perception of the race. He's used to, to actually struggle doing a race. I mean, those 
big cars, the NASCAR cars are obviously more of a handful to drive when you talk about doing the race that the cars slid and slide, Indy cars are not. So having to look at Jimmy the way he's been driven the Indy car races, when he struggles, he doesn't scream as much as I used to because <laughs> he's used to that. So I'm, I'm putting, I have big expectations. I'm not going to lie. And I think Jimmy is going to do great. And hopefully he will be, uh, you know, running where he deserves to run. But uh, that is definitely, like I said, it's a big expectation to see what, how, how good he's going to do it. And for the IndyCar Nation and for the NASCAR Nation, a lot of anticipation. All right, let's light the guest list candle, shall we? Coming up next, he wowed all of us with off the trailer, through practice, through qualifying. And while the finish wasn't what he had hoped for, A.J. Foyt's Kyle Kirkwood, a rookie, his performance at the Firestone Grand Prix in St. Pete has just whetted our appetite he will visit with us right here on Brick by Brick next. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome back. It is Brick by Brick as we count down to next weekend's, not this coming weekend, but next weekend's Texas Motor Speedway appearance in TK, we talked about it a little bit earlier in our first segment, the performance of uh, Kyle Kirkwood, the rookie driver for AJ Foyt Racing that, shall we say, took to the oval like a duck to water in uh, his rocket Chevrolet. And he joins us now. Before we look ahead to uh, the oval that uh, is Texas Motor Speedway, let's look in the rearview mirror. Rank your performance in that Firestone Grand Prix at St. Pete, because right from off the trailer, you did not look like a rookie whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, it was a good weekend. It was a, an extremely good weekend for our debut, for my debut. And, I mean, we executed everything perfectly. It just, unfortunately, strategy didn't play out for us in the race. So, I mean, if I, if I had to, if I had to, rate our overall performance for our first weekend kind of what expectations are and how we've met them I, I would give it maybe an eight out of ten or nine out of ten I mean there's always more you can get right so um but I was super happy with the way we can win overall even though we didn't get the finish that we really wanted obviously um I know extremely well uh, your team so uh it's easy. Yep. And the, wow, that's an understatement, you, isn't it, Kirkwood? You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I've seen over the years, obviously, we, we're still really close friends, Larry and I, how, how the team has been improving and trying to, to break through. Obviously, we know some of the tracks that are good for us. You know, St. Pete was always been a good track. Uh, for Foyt, Texas has been a good track. Obviously, this hype is coming, you know, it's the, and I know the pressure is coming because for sure they came in, they told you that too. Hey, you know, we, we know we have good cars here. We have good cars there and we know our weaknesses are right. here. And there. Obviously that's adding a lot of pressure on you because you have a, you know, such a great start. I mean, obviously I wouldn't expect any less, uh, you know, watching you racing last year, obviously it was a, a little bit of a concern when you talk about, you know, you win the championship, and then you have another rookies that move to bigger teams, right? They have bigger potential that obviously, in my opinion, you, you whip them the entire year. Obviously, you won the championship. How are you taking that 
uh, are you taking race by race? Are you thinking about just a rookie of the year championship? Are you thinking about what, you know, what's going through your mind as far as, you know, what's, what are you really, are your goals for this year? Knowing that it's not, uh, I'm not trying to, to say Foyt, it's better or worse, but you know, we know exactly that the, the Foyt's trying to grow. Foyt's not Andretti, Foyt's not Ganassi. So what are your thoughts on, on your championship? Well, I mean, I think for me, I just have to take it race by race. I think we have to come up with our expectations per weekend. I can't, I can't put something in place and be like, oh, well, if we got rookie of the year or if we finished top 10 in the championship, which would be exceptional, right? But, I mean, we, we really just need to come up with what we think is going to be best per weekend um, because, as, I'm, as you know, IndyCar has become this super talented field. And I'm racing against people in 18th, 20th that, should be, that could be up front winning races. So, I mean, it's, you just got to really manage your expectations, I think. And, I mean, it's gonna, it, we just have to look at it race by race. And, and if, uh, if we're satisfied after, after a weekend, then that's what we take from it. And um, that's kind of our goals. Uh, you know, uh, that, that's a politically correct answer, Kirkwood. But considering the fact that in every rung of the road to Indy, you put your foot on the neck of the competition. In fact, you're the only one uh, in history of the road to Indy to win at every level. Uh, maybe it's only in the shower, but you put an awful lot of demands in terms of performance on yourself. You know, don't try to BS a BSer here, pal. No, I, and, I, and I'm not, and I'm not. I mean, I like looking back at St. Pete, we were, we finished P18, but I was running with Newgarden and Simon yeah. the entire race. It was just, at the end of the day, it was just strategy. So if I look at it that way, I mean, if, and then also once we dug deeper after the weekend on how we did, I had the top three times on, on outlaps on new tires compared to everyone. And Tony, you know how, how important out and in laps are, especially when you can't pass. So I had the top three times in all three of my outlaps. So, I mean, once I saw that, I was like, oh, well, I, I nailed something right this weekend. Right. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately it didn't give us any positions, but I know for, for the future, uh, for the future weeks ahead of us, that that's one of our strengths. You've learning every, every time you go on track, what are, obviously you came through the, you know, indie pro ladder, You've done ovals before, but I want to hear, obviously you were the fastest rookie in Texas. Um, I uh, had a chance to talk to some of your fellow rookie uh, competitors and some guys had different opinions. Some people said, wow, this is fast and we're going to have to watch it. And some of the guys, I was flat by lap five. That was easy. Which oh, I think that, 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 that was Devlin. That was Devlin saying <laughs> he was flat by lap five because he came over to me saying the same thing. He's like, "How long did it take you to go flat?" I was like, "I don't know. I didn't. I didn't run on new tires to start. I was like, I think I only went flat on my next set." He's like, "Oh, I was flat by lap five. and I was like, "Okay, good for you." Uh, so, but I mean, I, it was fast to start off. I mean, I've the only time I've ever gone that fast was was in a straight line test. And, but that's at Kennedy Space Center where you got a hundred yards on either side. You, you can't really tell how fast you're going. It takes you a while to get there and you just coast the rest of the way down the two mile or three mile stretch. And Indy, what caught, oh, sorry, not Indy, uh, Texas, what really caught me out there is the closing rates. You don't really notice how fast 
you're going until you realize well, I looked down at my steering wheel one time to change a map on the wheel at at 215 220 next thing you know I'm already staring straight into the wall before the turn in of turn mm. one so that was that was something that was completely new to me I realized I got to pick up my eyes and look way further down the road than I've ever expected so at first because of closing rates it felt really fast but by the end of the day I felt comfortable and it kind of all just felt like another race car Visiting with Kyle Kirkwood, he's the uh, driver of the AJ Foyt Racing Team Rocket Number 14, uh, already tagging a lap at Texas Motor Speedway in excess of 220 miles an hour. One of a bumper crop of rookies that'll be in the field, not this weekend, but the forthcoming weekend. We've only got one race under our belt, and already, Kyle, there are people speculating as to where you will be in 2023. Can we not get through 2022 or from a personal standpoint, does, does that make you feel maybe like uh, King Kong a little bit when you strap yourself in the cockpit that, Hey, they want me a whole bunch of people want me. Yeah. We're only one race in. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that that should be even a thought right now. It's not, it's not even a thought in my mind because I will, I want to do as well as I can this year and obviously progress. There's no, I've never taken a season where I got through one race. I was like, okay, now what's next? Yeah. That's, that's, that's not my mentality <laughs> at all. So, I mean, the fact that people are already starting to talk about that's a bit, bit insane. Um, but I mean, I, I just want to get through this, this season and do well in my, in my first rookie year. And that's really all my focus po focal point is. What do you think the biggest challenge is going to be? Can you pick out one specific racetrack that when you look at the schedule, Kyle Kirkwood says, you know what? Not that it's going to be a struggle, but this is where I'm going to have to bring 11 tenths. I think for me, looking from the start of the season, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Iowa. The double header there. Um, I've never been to Iowa. The road to Indy never went there, so we have a test there at some point prior to prior to that race. But it's two races back to back. One is it's two hundred fifty. I think it's two hundred fifty miles the first day, and then three hundred miles the next day. So that, that's a lot of laps around that place, and doing it two days straight. And from what I've heard, is most likely going to be really hot. It's going to be, and it's going to be very physical. And it's a it's a short oval, so you're running really high downforce. So you know the car is going to be heavy. So uh that's all that's something that's a big question mark in my mind but i think i mean for the most most of the part the only tracks that i haven't raced at what is nash uh, other other than iowa is nashville and long beach which i'm used to street courses so i'm not too concerned about there but Iowa is the one that that has a question mark over my head well guy i'm gonna say do you think fast texas was fast or are you gonna think indianapolis was fast as far as perception and how fast you're going Iowa you're going to think you're going at 900 miles an hour and, and why uh, is that because it's just super high down it, for it it's, and it's a quick an little car inside a salad bowl and say go, <laughs> go <do it." laughs> things are so like you come out of turn two you look down you're already into turn three that is no the, the straightaways are two and a half seconds so and it's uh, there is only one and you're always turning with the high downforce I mean it's the best place for me, like as far as you want to feel the speed, but you're right. I think you nailed um, it's going to be your most difficult race of the year. Not you, but like physically how you're going to handle the car. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's 
you're gonna have a blast but yeah <laughs> be ready kyle are you yeah, a that's workout, what are you a workout freak like my partner here tk are you uh, spending 24 7 at pit fit or is is there life away for them from the gym for a young man like yourself so i'm i'm probably not as traditional as as most people there's so many drivers that that live here in indianapolis and they're always at pit fit or one of the other gyms here and i'm actually in indianapolis right now but it's 35 degrees out. i don't really want to do anything outdoors i'd rather be back in florida at home where i don't blame degrees. you yeah i don't so blame i you. <laughs> every day i'm home i I always do something outdoors, whether it's swimming, uh, if there's waves, I go surfing, I go free diving a lot. If the water's clear, um, I go for runs on the beach. So, I mean, I work out a lot, but a lot of it is just what my hobbies are. And that's what I like to do. I like having an active lifestyle. So, but for the days that I'm not, I'm all, yeah, I'm in the gym. Cause there's other, there's certain things that I want to train on. Right. Um, as a driver, whether it's neck or some core Maybe my shoulders didn't feel so good after St. Pete, so I worked out a little bit harder on my shoulders before going to Texas. Um, so there's always some of that, but I've, I've got a very active lifestyle, and I like doing a lot of things uh, outdoors and on the water. You know what, TK? That free diving will probably help him because you're going to need to hold your breath, Kirkwood, when <laughs> you get to get to Iowa, as TK alluded to. Right. Oh, you have to hold your breath at at Texas too. That was one of the the strangest sensations at Texas when you're going through three, four, and I've never been in an oval that big where, where you're going, you're going through and you notice kind of what your body's doing in the center of the corner. Cause you're pulling over, I think three, three and a half G's through that corner. You feel your head squishing into the pads of your helmet. <laughs> and that is such a strange sensation. And then also the water from your eyes, you'll start, like tearing up a little bit because it's just dragging the water out of the side of your eyes. And it, it was just coming out of my right eye. Right. So, and I just feel like rather than it just dripping down your face, it's just shooting out the side of my eye straight into my cheek pad. So it's like, what's going on here? It's so strange. Jack, we got to interview him after Iowa, please, please. Oh yeah. Oh, for please. sure. Yeah. Okay. And, and in between, I can see it now after Texas, when uh, his fellow rookie, DeFrancesco, comes up to him and says, but that's hey, did the water all come out of your eyes? Kirk was going to look at him and say, nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it, it's, it's a real pleasure to uh, not only watch your performance in race one of this, this uh, 2022 campaign, but to have you visit with us. And uh, as TK has asked for, plan on visiting with us here on Brick by Brick, Kyle Kirkwood, after your maiden voyage, not once, but twice at uh, Iowa. Until then, thanks so much for being part of our little Coco Clatch and Harmonica recital of today. Of course. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, when man. we return, it is Women's History Month, and there are many, many women that are involved in the sport of IndyCar racing, but we're going to visit with one that didn't grow up being a race fan, but has represented a company that has taken the lead and has moved IndyCar racing into the 22nd century. Margot Cook from NTT Data will be joining us after you listen to these messages. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. 
We welcome you back to Brick by Brick with Tony Kanan. I'm Jack Aroot. And Tony, as we've alluded to, March is Women's History Month. And what we have come to accept and applaud is the impact that women have had in our sport of IndyCar racing. Witness our next guest. She's the Vice President of Brand Services, Event Marketing, and Sponsorships for NTT Data Services. We welcome Margot Cook to our Brick by Brick broadcast. Margot, what started out as a sponsorship of Orion Briscoe has blossomed into such an incredible joint venture by NTT and by IndyCar. We appreciate your taking a little time to visit with us today. Well, Jack, thank you so much for having me here. It is NTT's absolute honor and my real pleasure to be here with you and love to talk about IndyCar and love to talk about NTT. And my favorite guy, Tony Kanan, is with us. So <laughs> love to talk about TK as well. TK, you've carried the NTT data. I still do, actually. I uh, The relationship started at, uh, back in 2014. And, uh, you know, with Chip Ganassi Racing, they are obviously yeah. the big sponsor there on the 10 car. And and uh, But when I left, they kept supporting me. So it's, it's kind of weird, Jack. I was going to say to interview a friend, you know, because Margo became a friend. Uh, NTT is actually everybody there. From John, the late John, and 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 you know all the guys, uh, you know David and 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 everybody there. They're family to me, so it's weird. But yeah, they're still sponsoring me. They're still supporting me. They have me uh, a couple of cool things doing over the race weekend. I'm interviewing interviewing the pole sitter for the IndyCar app for NTT, the NTT IndyCar app. So um, she she gets me working. So basically, you're telling us that she is ultimately your boss. A hundred percent. I think Mark- Tony's really comfortable with that because Jack, as, as you said, we really began with the team relationship, right? So we started yeah. with a, a relationship with um, NTT Data is one of the many NTT companies. NTT Data started with its relationship with Ganassi Racing and Ryan Briscoe was our first driver. We started with the eight car. We moved over to the 10 car when TK came on board with us. Had a number of great years with TK. Really great, great years with Chip Ganassi Racing and continue to be there today with, if you can see over my shoulder, the 2021 um, NTT IndyCar Series champion, Alex Pillow, who's currently driving in the 10 car. Big shoes to fill, TK, but I think the kid did all right in 2021. 100%, obviously. Uh, when decision, the decision was made uh, and the kid came over, he proved right away. First race, he won. It wasn't under the NTT car, but then uh, he finally did and won the championship. So you guys have a a great young gun there that I'm pretty sure uh, it's going to be there for a long time. But Margo, I mean, obviously, the biggest question, am I, am I going to have to compress it? Because the, the most common questions I get, right, is what does entity data does? Because some of the people actually don't know. Obviously, I do, but I, ha- I have to ask the question. Yeah, you probably answer that better than me, Tony. So I think the the thing for folks to realize is that NTT is not a consumer brand. We're, we don't sell anything that you can buy. Um, so it's 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 not unexpected to us that maybe you don't know what we do because, you know, unless you're a CIO at a, a large Fortune 500 company or you're a CIO in a government entity, you're probably not working with us. You know, we, we do business with large organizations, government agencies, 
and we do all of the technology that runs their businesses, everything from the application layer all the way down to the networks and the 5G that is starting to be a, a private enabler of solutions. We kind of do that whole soup to nuts across all of our businesses, do it in a secure way. Do it to ensure that what, whoever your customers are, if you're a retail organization, if you're a bank, you're using technology to make your customer experience better. And that's the type of thing that our um, 120,000 employees globally provide from a services perspective to our clients. And it's actually why we're in the sport uh, in a roundabout way. So it's, it's, um, it's an interesting parallel. And Margot, fans uh, certainly have seen what that relationship, uh, that symbiotic relationship that while you allude to the fact that they, the consumer may not know what NTT is, the IndyCar Nation does because you have uh, backed the, the mobile app powered by NTT and folks at the Indianapolis 500 uh, saw what was absolutely fascinating. And, and that was, you know, the, the display of, so much predictive analytics in a fan wall behind the pagoda in the Indy 500. And those of us that watched the first race, all of a sudden, uh, NBC and Lee Diffie and the crew, they've got access to predictive analytics that really alerted us to whether it was going to be a three-stop race or a two-stop race. You've, you've mixed and matched it all together to where there is got to be, at least from the IndyCar Nation, a great deal of appreciation for what NTT has brought to the party. Well, I hope so, Jack. And I have to say to the incarnation, the best is yet to come. Because I think what you saw us roll out in St. Pete is the beginning of what you're going to see from more and more and more predictive analytics that'll be rolled out um, in 2022. Because if you take a step back, right, we entered the series in 2019. And we entered the series with a really particular purpose. We believe that NTT, with the power of all the technology that we can bring to bear for IndyCar, can help IndyCar to become a digital first sports league. It can help the series to really take everything that it can do from a technology perspective and do things that are different than what other sports leagues can do. And to help to attract the next generation of fans, you have to do more than just broadcast the race. You have to give people ways to engage in a way that's unique to them. The mobile app's a great example. Um, I, I remember driving to Pocono uh, with my nephew for the first, for the for his first Pocono, or his first IndyCar race, and certainly his first race at Pocono. And it was all a little lukewarm. It was all a little, oh, we're going. And then I said, hey, did you download the app? And I tell you, when that kid realized there was an app that he could watch an in-car camera and check out telemetry while he watched a race, it was a whole different experience. So my own little focus group of one kind of demonstrated <laughs> that we were on the right path. We're, we're on the right path with what we're doing with the app. And we're on the right path with what we're doing with IndyCar behind the scenes. Because if you look from 2019, we did a couple of proof of concepts as we went into that season, because honestly, we announced our partnership in January and the season started in February and we were off to the races, literally, figuratively and every other way. So what we were able to deliver for technology in 19 was, you know, it was great, in it, but it was somewhat limited in scope. And then lo and behold, you know, we, we ran into um, a little thing called the global pandemic. And so that certainly altered to an extent what we were able to do. But even then we said, okay, well, maybe fan engagement is gonna be done in a little bit of a different way, but hey, maybe we can help the paddock get back to work safely with a COVID app. 
that allowed them to go in and kind of do all of the clearances that they needed to do to ensure that they were tested and that became their entry key along with their credential to get into the paddock. So even in those abnormal years, we've been able to do things that I think have helped to move the series forward and have helped to move the paddock forward. Um, and I think 2022, this is our year where it's really gonna come above the line. And what you saw on the St. Pete broadcast, you're gonna see that get better and better. You're gonna see different types of analytics come on. I think um, Hinch and, 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 and Townsend Bell in particular, along with Lee are gonna really be able to, to, to gravitate into what they're seeing. There's gonna be some stuff that they see, but there's also gonna be some stuff that viewers will see on the NBC broadcast. And over time, that's the kind of information we can push out through other channels. Maybe it's through your app, maybe it's on IndyCar.com. So really excited for, for what's yet to come on that. Well, I can't wait until you actually have a meme of Tony Kanan doing the interviews <laughs> with the pole sitters, et cetera, on site. Uh, Margo, you're, you're alluded to that you've just begun to scratch the surface. And, and yet uh, there are so many opportunities just recently, in the course of the last 10 days, IndyCar released a pretty in-depth worldwide study of, I'll use the layman's term, what rings the bell for an IndyCar fan. And as you alluded to, technology is really uh, the, the primary driver. So this is, a, this is a great mix and match for you. But I wonder what the response has been by those corporate CITs that you and your company deal with that really don't have a direct consumer involvement. Yeah. No, it's a really it's a really interesting it's a really interesting question and I think that um, one of the things that the IndyCar relationship has done for NTT is we're able to deliver some technology to them that we can showcase. So it's great mm -hmm. for us to be able to talk about what we're doing with predictive analytics. It's also been an opportunity for us to introduce racing to a group of C-level executives that probably wouldn't have been to the races before. You know, we, we've taken hundreds of C-level executives from our clients and we've brought them to not just the Speedway, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but we've brought them to races across everywhere that IndyCar races. And we've been able to introduce them to racing, we've been able to introduce them to the technology that we do for the sport, which helps them to see um, the technology that we might be able to do for them. But importantly for us from a, a B2B um, relationship, so when you're a business doing business exclusively with other businesses, we've got a known universe of clients that, that are really, really important to us. And when we can take our most important clients and we can bring them to a track, and we can spend a day or two with them. Usually we'll bring them in for qualifying. We can say, hey, you know, why don't we have you wave the green flag for qualifying? Because as mm -hmm. the, the, the sponsor of the P1 award, that becomes one of the assets that we can pass through to a client. And then, hey, how about I introduce you to Tony Kanan, who's going to be there to, to have a conversation with you and give you a little behind the scenes access. The sport has allowed us to deepen and strengthen client relationships in a way that um, very few of our other marketing activities allow us to do. Well, Margo, obviously, uh, you know how much I appreciate what you guys do, but also the biggest thing to me, it's not even a question, but I, I just want to tell the fans that how much you guys work behind the scenes. We, we came a few years back, uh, Jack, I had a shirt that I wore underneath my suit. We called the Hito shirt. And because of that shirt, I was able to actually improve my physical condition, 
even more mm -hmm. because that shirt told me the stresses of my upper body, my heart rate, what muscles I was using and for how long. With And with all that data, I was able to actually go to the gym and be more specific in my workout. Leading to that, Margo, uh, let's talk about, I know you guys are doing a big thing for the 500, right? The smart, you know, you guys, the smart platform. I mean, things that probably people don't realize how much better their life are going to be when you can predict the traffic, the pedestrian traffic, the cars. If that is a problem, somebody can, you know, granted, we love the yellow shirts, but they're not going to whistle to somebody across the road. And <laughs> they're going to be like, hey. So talk to a little bit about that, because I think that's really important as well, because it's the experience. We talk about the fan experience. NTT is all into for the fans. And, and, yeah. and that is part of the experience, because... As a father, I'm going, well, am I taking my four kids to a place that's going to have 400,000 people? How chaotic that's going to be? What well, is it going to be safe? And well, so the question is, I, I'm actually, you know, really eager to, to understand the smart platform technology that you guys are implementing on a hundred year old, 100 plus year old track. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really good one. It's funny because there's so many different projects that we do, but what you're talking about there, we call it our safety and security um, pilot. So smart solutions, NTT has proprietary platform, the NTT smart platform, which really enables us to take any sort of a device that can connect. Um, so uh, for instance, a camera, that's a device. So any of the cameras around the speedway, um, any of the sensors around the speedway, it all sends information and then taking that information and turning it into an insight and turning it into something that will help people. That's the, the secret sauce and the magic around what we're able to do. So we were last year, we were able to do it with a much smaller scale um, where we were able to have um, NTT data technologists were right up in Pagoda with all of the state and local government law enforcement and everyone who kind of runs the operations of getting people in and out of the speedway. And we were able to, you know, show them, hey, there's excess amount of traffic coming to this gate. Do we want to move, advise people to move to another gate? And now we're able to take that to the next level and start to look at things like, where's the best place to park? not just the best pedestrian entrance, but where are there the higher concentrations of people and less concentrations of people. And there's a lot of talk about how best to push that out because up until now, it's really been in the hands of, um, it's been in the hands of the operations team and that's important, but now we're looking at ways to kind of push that out into the hands of the consumers, people coming into the speedway. And so that's that's one of the, the super exciting things that you'll that you'll start to see at the speedway. I'm looking to see what else I can kind of tell you about um, relative to that. I think fans, I think IndyCar Nation is going to be more intrigued with the broadcast stuff because I think that's the more interesting things. So when you talked about um, the strategy, the pre-race strategy, but now you're going to see more on pit stop strategies during right. the race. You're going to see how those mm -hmm. predictions change as things happen. You're going to see how people are doing on their in-laps and their out-laps. We've got some really interesting um, algorithms behind the scenes looking at different characteristics that maybe would speak to a driver's um, competitiveness um, or perhaps aggression. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of information if you think about those cars and all the sensors on the cars and the information that they send back every second. Massive amounts of information. How can you take a subset of that? and actually turn it into an insight. That's really been what NTT in partnership with IndyCar has been spending an awful lot of time on because I think that's really what the fans, not just watching from home, but also in the state, in 
the stadiums, I'll call them the stadiums of the future, you want to be able to kind of get that extra level of insight because I'm about a 10 year racing fan. Now I didn't grow up with the sport. I learn something every time I go to the track and it's, it's, it's useful to me to have, to have something 100%. else that kind of shows me if Tony's not there to ask, you know, I need, I see. Right. And that's, and, and I think as a fan, Jack, you know, I mean, we know, oh, yeah. stuff, but like you take somebody that, especially an Indy car that, in the ovals, you could go, you have a car lap down. You don't know if the guy that hasn't pit yet. So, well, he was 15. How is he leading now? So those questions could never be answered if you're not watching TV. But if you're live in the place, you couldn't do it. And now, I mean, it's it's great. It's it's uh, Actually, Margo, I think you're going to see some of the teams looking at the app to see what the other strategy is. Oh, I, well, I, I think there's there's no question about that. When you have information you know the first people that are going to try and drill into it are competitive teams. Marco, this has been a real treat, and you have just maybe parted the curtain just a little bit in typical fashion. You've teased us to stay tuned with Texas and the rest of the schedule, but we do appreciate your visiting with us, and don't be a stranger once we get more and more into this. And it's not just about Townsend Bell. It's not just about Lee Diffie or, you know, or the Hinch. It's it's about TK. And if you can ever come up with a way to get his Brazilian counterpart, Elio Castroneves, to be on time for an interview, you'll <laughs> knock it right out of the park, my friend. But we appreciate your visiting with us. And thanks so much. Well, Jack, I appreciate you having me. And thanks very much. All right. Thanks, so Mark. that puts a lid on this week's show, TK. Our thanks to Margo Cook from NTT Data, to Kyle Kirkwood from AJ Foyt Racing, our producer, Nate Lee. For my partner, Tony Kanan, I'm Jack Aroot, reminding you to be sure to join us next week when we gather for yet another edition of Brick by Brick.